Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. Truly, our God is a marvelous God. He does wondrous things. God is a God of mercy. He gives grace. Through mercy and grace, we find forgiveness. And through his renewal, we can once again receive the good promises that he had for us that sin wanted to destroy and take from us. God can reestablish it through his work of salvation. And therefore, there is so much that we should be praising God for. There is so much that we need to be thanking him, giving him gratitude, and exalting his name. And worship, worship brings a glorious change into our life. The priority of your life should be worship. Well, take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Psalms and Psalm 68. The book of Psalms and Psalm 68. It's my hope that in this lesson, we will complete the first half of Psalm 68 and the next week, the second half. And let me share with you that this is a difficult psalm. The vocabulary is is oftentimes infrequent, meaning we're not dealing with words that repeat itself over and over, but, but words that are infrequently used in the rest of Scripture. The grammar is difficult. Now, I shared this in another study from the book of Isaiah, but, but oftentimes when, when you look at your bible and you read psalm 68 it's not going to be that difficult for you why because the translators have made interpretations they've removed they've made easy the difficulty they've interpreted for you and therefore when you deal with this text in a translation it removes the the hard things that that you should be pondering that should bring you to your knees in prayer coming before god and asking god through the holy spirit that he would teach you and give you the revelation that he would want you to have so this psalm is indeed a difficult psalm but god is faithful we should be praying right now and trusting that god is going to give us revelation that through prayer and preparation, God is going to make known his truth through this wonderful psalm. So with that said, take out your Bible and look with me to Psalm 68. Now, we're going to see towards the end of our time together in this lesson that God is going to take those who are inherently rebellious those who are stubborn dull to the things of god the instructions of god the discipline of god the promises of god they're dull to these things they reject them but even they in the end 
are going to find God's forgiveness. That God is going to to offer them and a remnant of even these stubborn ones, these rebellious ones, even a small percent of them are going to find a place in the kingdom of God. And again, all that speaks of the marvelous love of God to to not give up to be patient for in the very end for that last day remnant to say yes to the gospel make no mistake about it the only way the only way that one will find themselves into the kingdom of god is through the gospel of god taking hold of that wonderful plan and the only plan of salvation so let's begin psalm 68 it begins as most psalms do with an inscription where it says verse 1 psalm 68 meaning to the choir director that leader for utilizing this psalm as an instrument of worship chanting it singing it reciting it putting it to music in order that we can have a worship experience so it says here to that chief musician that choir director of david meaning that david is the author of this psalm and then we have two words we have the word mismore and the word sheer now we've encountered these words frequently in fact almost always when there's an inscription one of these words will be there and the first one mismore speaks about what god does through worship see this word mismore and i've shared this before but a while back this word mismore it comes from the same root where the hebrew word for a pruning shear now these are those those shears those large scissors we might say that we use to trim away things from from shrubs and trees so that they will be more beneficial that they will grow we get rid of those things that are a hindrance and here's the takeaway for us as we worship god as we should in spirit and according to the truth as we worship god the holy spirit will go to work in our life to remove those things to separate from us those things that are problematic those things that are a hindrance that are not beneficial to us so we need to worship and the book of psalms gives us the opportunity to interact with god through this book of psalms in worshiping him at home wherever we are we can just take it out begin to read it prayerfully and those scriptures that are praising god use them to praise god and this will bring about a marvelous wondrous change in our life spiritually helping us get rid of those things that that ought not be in our life now the last word of this inscription is the word sheer which is a word for song or a poem and it teaches us that that through hebrew poetry we can glean a greater understanding that in other languages we cannot because of the hebrew laws of poetry which help us interpret and understand and grasp that that revelation that god has for us in his word let's move on to the next verse yakum 
Elohim. Now, the word lakum simply means to get up. Here it means he will rise up, he will get up. And who's that? God. Now, when we see that applied, and usually God's the one that is speaking this. He tells you and me, get up. What does that mean? Go to work. So here, God is getting up in order to complete his work to bring about the fulfillment of his will his purpose and notice what happens when god gets up it says his enemies they they scattered they are moved away furthermore those that hate him they will flee from before him and it's speaking about what i mentioned earlier a separation a removal god is going to take those who are stubborn who are rebellious who will not respond to his invitation of salvation who rejects his redemption god is going to move and he's going to cast them away from his presence eternally now is it hard for god to do that well keep reading notice what the scripture says in the next verse he says as smoke is driven away now what frequently drives smoke away a wind and we can be out and we can not notice the wind it might even be a pleasant breeze you might like that but nevertheless that same light wind when there's smoke that wind will dissipate it it will move it away for sure so god is speaking it's being emphasized this removal that he's able to cast away those who do not belong to him who have no covenantal relationship with him it's easy for him to drive them away and it says you will drive away and how will you do it well notice the next example as wax melts before fire now i can tell you you take wax and you you introduce fire to that wax it is going to melt not just most of the time some of the time always and there's coming a time when god is going to move and just like wax melts because of fire those who are rejectors rebellious against him they are going to be cast away eternally and it's not going to be a problem for god to do just that he says as well who are these ones who who are rebellious who he's going to drive away well notice the next word verse or the end of this verse where it says yovdu reshaim mipanei elohim which means the wicked ones they will perish before him and again the context is this is a certainty it will happen easily it's not a problem it doesn't take effort on on god's part we don't say well there's a fire burning and that fire is working really hard in order to cause that wax to melt no if the fire is present the max the wax will melt so it's the same thing the wicked are going to perish that is a a surety it is going to to happen and in the same way that the wicked will perish and that's a spiritual law notice what else 
Now the next verse. Ve sadakim yismechu yal zu Elohim, which means the righteous ones. And this tells us there's really just two types of individuals, wicked ones and righteous ones. Now, you're not born righteous. You have to be born again to be righteous. It all is the outcome, the result of the gospel. So he's saying here, for those who are righteous, literally those we would understand it, who have been made righteous by who? By God. That's why he deserves all the praise, all the thanksgiving, all the glory. The righteous, they will be glad. They will, and it's a word of joy, they will rejoice, they will exult before God. They will rejoice with gladness. So in the same way that the wicked ones are going to be removed from his presence, they are going to be, and we know this from other scripture, cast out into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. But those who are righteous, the righteous ones, which is an outcome of the gospel because of the work, the redemptive work of Messiah, they are going to know gladness and joy and they are going to exalt that name of god verse verse 5 verse 5 at least in the hebrew text verse 4 probably in others there's a command it says sing to god and then we have that word that we encountered earlier for the word of of praising god worshiping god singing to him but it's a word that, again, that word psalm, that word that we derive the word for a, a pruning share, that which cuts away. And it tells us once more when we worship God, when we praise God, when we sing to God, the outcome is God's going to remove those things that are not positive. That's not a positive influence spiritually in our life. That's the benefit of worship. He also says, same verse, lift up, and it speaks about God who is lifted up, and he rides in the clouds with his name. What type of name? Well, his transcendent name. It's the word Yah. And Yah is just an abbreviation, two letters, for those four letters, yud Hey vav Hey. So it's the first and last letter, but it's understood that it relates to the yud Vafe, that sacred name of God, which speaks about God who transcends all things. So he rides in the clouds. Yah is his name. And therefore it says, let them rejoice before him. Verse, verse 6 in the Hebrew text. Now, why should we give thanks to God? There is an abundant reason, but notice... It talks about God who is. We have the term Avi Yitomim. What's that? He is a father to the fatherless. And he is a judge to the widows. So those who are usually taken advantage of by, by society, no one stands up for them. Well, God does. He is a father to the orphans. He is a judge and in this case, it's a concept of judging for the purpose of defending. 
upholding their their rights he is a judge to widows and god he is in his holy habitation now again if you just read this in english or spanish or whatever other language that that you're studying you miss out on something because this holy his holy habitation this is the word ma'on and ma'on and i shared this not too long ago this is the same word for in modern hebrew a daycare parents take children there knowing that they're going to be cared for and so god who's a father to the fatherless a judge a defender to the widows god where is he in his holy daycare that word is used in order to teach us about why it's so wise to come into god's presence to be in the house of god because it's a house where god will take care of those who are there next verse it says god and it's a word for seat but it means to cause to be seated to be placed there to be positioned there so god will position the ones who are are alone alone ones those who are as well left to themselves their families perhaps rejected they are orphans whatever it might be they are alone and the implication is they're lonely but with god he is going to position them at home at whose home his home they're going to find a dwelling place with god and likewise motzi asarim be kosharot now again hebrew is such a marvelous language so it speaks about those who have been taken captive those who are prisoners and it's much different today in 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 many places the government requires those who are being held as prisoners or in in jail for them to be cared for they're given nutritious meals they are uh, taken outside they are allowed to exercise they're given health care but that's unusual in the biblical context normally captives were not cared for in a a kind way they were given the bare necessities at best and therefore when they came out of being captive when they were set free they also often would come forth in a very poor condition well notice what it says here god is going to bring forth the prisoners and he's going to do so how well it's the word it's in this plural but in the singular it's the word kosher now we hear the word kosher and we think of food the dietary laws but in hebrew it's not the word kosher it's the word kasher so the word kasher if we're speaking about kosher food it would be ochel kasher but if we use the word kosher we're talking about fitness for example if if someone wants to go to a health club a gym a place to work out a fitness center he goes to cheder kosher so it's saying here in the word in this this text is in the plural so god brings out and this is the difference with god normally when a prisoner is brought out he's in very poor condition he's not healthy the longer he's in prison the worse situation 
he's going to be in but god brings out the prisoner and notice that he is in abundant health he is in the best fitness position that's what it says here when we read motzi asarim ba kosherut then it says but in contrast to that it says the sorim now this word means those who are rebellious those who are stubborn those who when they're taught the truth of god the instructions of god they forsake them they reject them now this word is going to be used again and it's going to support what i said earlier in the end even among them there's going to be a remnant of these rebellious ones who are going to be changed those things that are a hindrance to them they're going to be removed and god is going to bless them as well but here we're not there yet because it says but the rebellious ones they will dwell where it's the word which means the dry the empty places it's a word for like a desert a very arid land so there what happens they're not going to find much for survival they're not going to find provision it's a place of emptiness and it's a very very harsh environment that's where they go next verse god when he goes forth now when you it's making it second plural singular oh god when you go forth before your people god's going to and this word for going forth is a redemptive word so we can understand it god when when you redeem your people what's going to be the outcome of that he says in your striding your step your parade where in and it uses a word to mean a a desolate place so when god goes forth to do his work of redemption he redeems us from a desolate a difficult place that's god's nature god is able to sustain and set free those that are in such a harsh difficult environment he says a land a land that is troubled and he says but the heavens what well this land that's troubled god's going to shake it now shaking it it implies a change a transformation and the heavens will drip and the implication is the heavens are going to drip blessing they are going to provide they are going to give so god's going to shake the land that could mean even the earth and he is going to pour out blessing that's what he's saying in this this passage of scripture and it says from before god this is sinai now it says and this before god it says from the presence of god this is sinai now you have to as well understand and we see this in two places in the book of exodus chapter 12 immediately after the giving of the the law the reciting reciting of the ten commandments what happens well we see that mount sinai there's lightning there's sounds there's there's lightning there's there's thunder there's earthquake there's smoke 
And all of this announces a godly change, a change that God wants to bring about. Now, unfortunately, at Mount Sinai, going back those 3,500 years, the people rejected it. But it's saying here that, that God's presence was there and he wanted to bring a change even at Sinai. And it says, and before God, the God of Israel, this God of Israel, the one true God, he loves to bring change. This is what it's telling us. And what type of change? Move to the next verse. Verse 10 in the Hebrew, 9 and others where it says, Geshem nidavot, meaning this. He is going to provide a generous rainfall. Now, rain sustains life. Rain produces blessing. It brings a transformation in the land from being, being uh, very, very uh, uh, arid, being unable. There's a time when the land just doesn't do anything. But the rain comes and it produces a change. So there's going to be a generous rain. God's going to shake the heavens. And what's going to happen? This weary and worn out inheritance. Now, this word, nachala, is a word that speaks of the land, the promised land. God's going to do something. He is going to establish. He is going to, to prepare this weary land, this, this land that's, that, that's affected adversely. He's going to bring about change. And therefore... It says, you are the sustainer. Now, it's a word for life, but it's applied to God. God, you are the sustainer, and they will dwell in it. He is going to, and this transformation. Some scholars understand it this way, that God's going to bring a change to this earth. That's why Paul says in the book of Romans that the world, all of creation, is groaning it's crying out it's yearning for this change whereby the world that's in need of redemption the work's been done but the world has been transformed into the kingdom of god this is what it's talking about god you are the giver of life and therefore they are going to dwell in it this land that was once weary it is going to be transformed and he says here god that you are going to do it how well we saw in the previous verse that your inheritance that is weary that's worn out that's struggling you are going to prepare it why because you are going to give life that they are going to dwell in it you are going to prepare with your goodness look at verse 11 in hebrew verse 10 and yours for you will prepare with your goodness for who for the afflicted one oh god God, you are going to prepare for that afflicted one. You are going to prepare a provision with your goodness. Verse 12. O Lord, you will give a proclamation. Now, this is the word amor. It's a saying. God is simply going to speak. He is going to pronounce. This is what it's saying. And what is he going to pronounce? Ha-mevatserot. This word, biserot, is a word of, of good news. It is the same word that the gospel in Hebrew is derived from. So God's going to give a word. He is going to be 
providing those who pronounce the gospel and he's going to send a mighty army to do that this mighty army to proclaim this good news and what's going to happen now next verse verse 13 in the hebrew text 12 and others kings of armies they're going to what they're going to be moved they're going to be displaced but it's going to be the the one that remains at home the dweller of a home it says she is going to distribute the spoil so it's not going to be this victory this good news is not going to be from kings that have these strong armies that's not what what is going to bring about this victory the armies of a strong king they are going to be moved aside but it's going to be the one that remains at home and this term nevat bayat the scholars say this is referring to the the knesset yisrael what's that the congregation of israel she will divide the spoil now look at the next verse he says if if you dwell among and this is a word now i realize that that some translate it the the sheep pen now this word although there are those who translate it this way and there's a basis for that but but most see it at least from the position of judaism who know hebrew i would say much better they understand that this word speaks about one who lays down in the fire pit now this is an idiom for this world most scholars see that this term shafatim having to do with something that is kadar what's kadar black and and this is speaking of the color of ashes and such so those who who lie down in the fire pit now if you take it to being the sheep pen the sheep pen's not a clean place they're going to get dirty and it says here nevertheless what's going to be the outcome well there's going to be a change coming those that lie down in a dirty place it says as the wings of a dove that is is covered with with silver that's what they're going to be like the wings of and now we have a a green and this word some will say yellowish because they hear the word gold and they think gold has to be yellow but but we're talking about a fine gold that here in this case it has to do with something that is greenish in color so it speaks about a a gold a refined gem that is of the finest condition that's going to be their feathers so we have a play on words it's parallelism we have the word kanaf and the word for ev rote which is feathers both of them wings and feathers it speaks about a glorious change that's going to happen how's it going to happen well again god's going to move there's going to be that separation it says shaddai this means the god who is able the word shaddai means the god that is enough the god that is is uh, uh sufficient 
it says god is going to scatter the the kings in it meaning in this world he's going to scatter them and what's going to happen well in doing so he is going to make those that are in a difficult place it says salmon salmon is a difficult place he is going to make them white so the message is this those and we have to remember the previous verse those that are are in darkness and it's talking about in filth covered with with suet covered in those things from the fireplace we might say they are going to god's going to move and god this mighty god he is going to scatter the kings in this world but those who who are in the difficult place he is going to make them to be white meaning he's going to purify them and how is god able to do that well notice how he's spoken of in the next verse it says the mountain of god is mount bashan now normally when we think of the mountain of god we're talking about sinai and that's true but har bashan was in the the golan heights it was seen as a wonderful mountain a mountain of splendor and it's simply saying that the mountain of god is going to be a mountain of splendor it says the the mountain peaks now some will say rugged mountains but it's the mountain peaks are are mount bashan it was the the what we would call the example of a glorious mountain and all it's speaking is about is that mount sinai wasn't this large this this special this glorious mountain in the natural what gave it its glory was the presence of god and it's going to talk about a change that's going to happen in the kingdom for this mountain all we have to do is keep reading look at the next verse verse 17 in hebrew 16 and in in english where it says lama why why and this is a word some will say to gaze on something carefully but again if you look at the hebrew in in understanding it's a word of of dancing now what it is is a rejoicing to behold and respond by dancing so it says to these these rugged mountains or these mountain peaks as it literally is translated properly it says why do these mountain peaks these ones that were glorious in man's eyes why are they dancing why do they think they're going to be the preferred mountains they are in the natural but not in the kingdom in the kingdom there's a change that which was rejected by the world that which was was seen as inferior by the world it's going to be marvelous and that's what he's saying the desirable mountain what's that that's mount sinai oh god it's this mountain that's that he dwells in that's his dwelling place even the lord will dwell there where forever and this word this word has to do with a kingdom word so god forever whenever we speak about forever it's a reference to the kingdom so god is going to choose this desirable mountain mount sinai that the world does not see 
as desirable. He's going to choose it because he sees it as proper for his dwelling place and even the Lord will dwell there forever. This one, next verse, this one, God, it says, his chariots, his his place that he rides in, God's, it's Rechev, which is a vehicle in modern Hebrew, but we'll call it chariot. God's chariot, they are abundant. They are, and it's word for ten thousands and thousands of, of angels. God's car is going to be accompanied with thousands of angels. The Lord is among them. And notice now we have that term Sinai in holiness. So it's all about God, and the image is this God taking his place at where? This desirable mountain. Now, the change is this. What we're seeing is God doing two things. The world looks upon other mountains as mountains of splendor. Mountains that the world, the kings would choose. God doesn't. In the Old Testament, he chose initially for the place of his glory for it to be where? For it to be Mount Sinai but god is going to do something he's going to take his presence which was at mount sinai he is going to move it to another place and this would be that mountain of the temple the temple mount in jerusalem now here again the temple mount it's surrounded by higher mountains it's not a mountain that the world would see that humanity would see as glorious but this is what it's saying here go back it says these mountain peaks why are you dancing it says for the desirable mountain of god that he's going to dwell in even where the lord will dwell forever god is going to move there so it speaks about god and its word as i said for vehicle rechev is the modern hebrew word for car we have the word michonit and the word rechev god's going to take his rechev his car He is going to be among ten thousands. He is going to be among ten thousands of of angels and, and thousands of thousands of angels. The Lord's going to be among them and he is going to what? Sinai in his holiness. The holiness of Sinai is coming to where he's going to dwell forever. And that's going to be Jerusalem. How do we know this? Look if you, the next word, verse, verse 19. In Hebrew, 18, another language. You have gone up to the exalted place. And you have taken captivity captive. God's not going alone. He's bringing others. And it says, you will take. This could be receive gifts. Gifts from among man. From humanity. Even, and here's the good news. Even among these sorry. Now, this this foreshadow something because god is going to what's he going to do well if you look at the last prophet in the bible and i'm speaking of malachi it speaks about how god is going to to give forth in the last days the law of moses it says remember the law of moses and who elijah and what is elijah going to do he is going to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the children's heart to their father. What is that speaking about? 
a transition where even the rebellious ones are going to be transformed and that's what he speaks of here look at the second part of our verse verse 19 in hebrew where he says you have gone up upon the high place you have taken captivity captive you have taken gifts meaning the the nations as long as israel they're going to be worshiping god they're going to be giving gifts to god we see that the silver and gold is mine says the lord humanity the redeemed are going to respond to that so you will take gifts literally you have taken gifts from among men even among the rebellious ones for them also to dwell and it says yeah elohim who's done this this transcendent god and because of what god has done this marvelous change that he has brought about it says our last verse verse 20 in hebrew 19 and others baruch adonai blessed is the lord yom yom daily bless the lord and he's blessed every day the lord is a blessed god every day and when we do that and recognize that he is the blessed god it says and god the god of our salvation he will will place upon us he will load upon us what the image here he is going to give to us this god of salvation he is going to bless us he's going to load us down with good things and this being loaded is speaking about the abundance and then the last word we're going to deal with is the word selah which is a word of emphasis a word of of giving affirmation and emphasis to something so god's going to bring about a kingdom change there's going to be that transition where god comes once more the same glorious god at mount sinai is going to come to the temple mount he will dwell there in his kingdom forever he is this blessed god who is going to to give us abundantly that's when it speaks of here when it says yamas lanu ha'el yeshuati the god of our salvation he is going to provide abundantly his blessings to us and that's why we recognize him as the eternal blessed god well we'll close with that verse we'll pick up next week we'll pick up next week in the second half of psalm 68 until then may god bless you shalom from israel well we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org again to find out more about us please visit our website loveisrael.org There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel.